friends, and welcome to another episode of Pod Return to the Waking Sands. We are a Final Fantasy XIV companion podcast where we explore the lore and story of Hydaelyn and beyond. My name is Jen, and I'm joined by my co-host and researcher. I'm Levi. It's Levi. Today, we are talking about the Ixal Beast Tribe. Oh boy. The first, day is upon us. At first, long last. Congratulations to Jen. <laughs> this is the first tribe series she has ever completed. Is that true? No, nope. The um, you're gonna moogle this out, but the <laughs> were my first. Oh, you finished them? Yeah, oh, totally. Okay, yeah, great. I wanted that tank, man. I wanted that. I wanted it so bad. Oh, I got nice. It. Well, yeah. congratulations. So this is my second one. Yeah, I, it took all the way to Shadowbringers. It's for me to complete one, but I did it. <laughs> Congrats. Uh, so, however, it's definitely your first A Realm Reborn tribe quest, oh, which yeah. is a different animal entirely. Um, unfortunately, yes. It's not great, but I give it the pass because it's their first time doing this kind of thing. Sure. And very much to their credit, they realized that this maybe is not the most enjoyable format, and they changed it for all future content. <clears throat> Good. It, it, it's not a nightmare as as much as I'm going to like kind of kvetch about it, but it was it was a lot. So first off, for the uninitiated, what is the Beast Tribe? In Final Fantasy XIV, tribe quests are optional content that feature stories about the populations that we've met during the main story quest. So story-wise, they flesh out a population with their own individual arcs, even though we might run into the Ixal and we're about to go head to head in the main story with the whole Garuda business. We don't understand much about them besides the tempered kind of antagonistic side. So this is a chance to get a window into another story about them, about their culture beyond them as enemies, which is great. Correct. Like it's, oh, wow, we have individuals and nuance within a population. Amazing. And some of them can look at their extremist, what's the word? Brethren. Brethren. That's a great word. They Look at their extremist brethren and be like, those bitches are crazy. We're going to do our own thing over here that isn't trying to bloodlet all the time and, you know, worshiping some dickhole god that doesn't care. You know, like, it's it's great. Yeah. Mechanically, the goal, so to speak, of the tribe quests is to raise your reputation with the tribe to the highest level possible. And the names change based on the expansion that you're in, but pretty much you want to keep doing the reputation quests until you cannot anymore. Uh, and then that will complete the full story, and also it will unlock the highest tier of rewards for these things. Every tribe has their own unique perks tied to them, like the Ixal give you a Timberwolf mount, and mm -hmm. you get like a little Ixal minion too. Oh, yeah. Other and tribes have other stuff. Um, the later ones will give you portrait frames, which I'm always happy to nab. Yeah. And also, if you are just interested in the make yourself stronger number go up benefits, you can buy crafting materials and materia with the the tribe's currency as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very um, like special rare uh, crafting materials you can only get from them. Yeah, in a couple of cases, yes. And also just things that it gives you a different avenue to buy materia or to buy the harder to find materials. Yep. But there is nothing that 
the tribe gives you that is in any way going to limit your power level in any level of content. Oh, gosh, no. So but you completely never completely optional. You never have to do these things if you don't want to. It is only if you are so inclined. Really, really want that mount. But it will not give you plus 0.1 DPS or no. whatever if you have the special Excel earring or some <clears throat> shit. Yeah, right. So beyond the material benefits, these are great ways to level up your secondary jobs too. I got Alchemist all the way to 50 and Culinarian to 40 just in the course of doing these tribe quests on Shu. I did not get anybody to... Okay, so uh, Otis's Weaver and Leatherworker, they were already like at 50. So I was focusing on my my lowest, which had started out at about, I don't know, 18, something Uh like that. So there were, I think, four or five... (laughs) Uh, crafter jobs that were real low and so i just kind of re-rotated around those uh throughout this whole thing and got them all up into like the mid 30s sure that works too yeah it's very effective i chose to cap them out because i find the highest levels to be the hardest to level in general of a given crafting job but that, that makes sense whatever you like obviously is good and it's worth noting that once you hit the level cap of the given expansion the tribe quest benefits drop off dramatically. So you're not going to get the same advancement benefits going above level 50, which is the maximum a realm reborn level, even though we can go to 90 now. So if you want to level crafters above level 50, you're going to want to look at the Heavensward crafting tribe. The Ixal quests are for crafters only. That's the class you need to be to take and, and then turn gatherers. in. It's, it's to a weird. lesser degree. You can't turn in quests as a gatherer. True. But you have to be a gatherer to do some of the quests. But anyway, these are the avenue by which you level up your crafting quests. The other A Realm Reborn tribe quests are for the martial classes. And again, the system has changed after A Realm Reborn, but... In the ARR tribe quests, you will raise your reputation by doing these daily quests, and you have a fixed allotment that you can take per day of 12. So at the very beginning reputation level, there will be three rep-up quests available. But as you advance to higher tiers of reputation, they will give you more and more. And the most recently available quests give you the highest amount of rep. So like the very first one might give you like 20, I think, per turn in. Yeah. And then the highest level one gives you 50, I think, per turn in, yep. give or take. Yep. And you could either choose to do the only the three most recent quests. But what we both did, because we were mainlining this for the podcast, is that I was doing 12 rep up quests per day in the Excel, um, going from the highest level to yes. the lowest level available yes. just to get this completed ASAP. It took me, who I was doing this pretty much every day, um, around two weeks to complete. Yeah, that sounds about right. Two, two and a half weeks. Yeah. Any other generalities about tribe quests, Jen? No, uh, though, while as we go through the, the story, I'm, I'm sure more things will, will pop up in, in context. Sure. Shall we get into it? We begin by seeing the auspicious quest, A Bad Bladder, 
offered by Serpent Lieutenant Scarlet in the Adder's Nest in Gridania. Yeah. She relates that Etat's spire in North Shroud is under attack by Ixal right now. And the, the Birdman attack strategy is to load their air balloons up with explosives and then they drop them down below. The Ixal, quote, airships are pretty much just hot air balloons with a circular platform hung underneath it. Yep. This tower is undermanned and needs our aid. They're, they're pulling in the adventurers because they don't have enough serpents to Always. back up this location. Yep. So we head out to the tower. And this spire is just near the entrance to Gridania in North Shroud. It's like right by level three or four enemies. Just outside of the Yellow Serpent Gate. Yep. Yeah. We get there after the battle is over. They have fought off the Ixel for now. And it was a well-placed arrow by a private that pierced the balloon and sent it crashing down to the north. Huzzah! So now we got to go to Peace Garden, which is where the craft uh, was going to crash land, apparently, uh, and look for it just to make sure that, you know, there's nothing nefarious going on or if we can make sure that um, the Ixal have fled or that it's no longer operational, you know, just to do some reconnaissance. We find it crashed in a stream up north and recover some debris, and we return to the spire. Our contact, Gwithrit, is relieved that the balloon is officially wrecked, but he fears an attack by the surviving Ixal. So he asks us to go out again into the North Shroud forest and kill any surviving uh, Ixal from the attack. Brutal. So we go search around there, and we find a strange pot on a spiked wooden table out in the forest. And we're checking it out when an Ixal starts to squawk at us. <laughs> and it demands that we back off. It's their right of salvage. Correct. That's my shit. For my ship. My ship shit. So he's yelling at us, and another Ixal joins in. He's like, whoa, 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 bro. Like, calm down. This featherless one hasn't done anything to you? And this is when we see a begoggled Ixal with an amazing, like, Enterprise sort of <laughs> gold headdress on. It's an aviator's cap. Yeah. With big brass, brass wings projecting off the sides. Yeah. Like, okay, this guy does air stuff, yeah. obviously. <laughs> right away, you can see uh, that these are different from the Ixal we typically see littered throughout the Twelves Wood. Their plumage is an entirely different color. They're they're more vibrant. There's yeah. um, blue, orange, red, yellow. They're they're beautiful. Um, whereas the other Ixal, like essentially the tempered Ixal, um, their tones are much more like muted and neutral. Brown. Brown and orange, maybe. Yeah. So clearly these guys are different. So the guy with the headdress, this is Chief Sezul Totalak. Sezul, now that he's gained control of the conversation wonders are you an artisan perhaps which is a very interesting question to just come right out of the gate with uh no 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 uh your garb is not for honest work because we're still in like adventurer gear and uh okay well if you would be so kind and return our part uh, we'd really appreciate it and he's immediately like trying to extend an olive branch like, hey we're cool you are probably also cool. Let's be cool together. He also wants to trade for the salvage that we recovered earlier. Yeah. And he invites us to their camp. And like... The, the other Ixal with us, the one that first sighted us... Oh, he's suspicious. Starts freaking out. Yeah. Uh, like, oh my God, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm the fucking chief here. Okay? Stand down. 
So we are invited into their camp and they have fortified a cleft in a mountain slope nearby this place. It's very interesting. It's like kind of a, they leveled off two pieces of the mountainside and they built these stairs and kind of wooden gangplanks connecting the two tiers of their camp. Mm -hmm. So the whole area is just full of supplies and work tools and it just looks like a site of industry. Yeah. Down below at the very base of their camp, we can find an in-progress Ixal dirigible. It's right now just a metal platform. It is very incomplete at the moment, but we can see that they're working on something and they have this decking all around the area to provide access. Mm-hmm. It's like and, a dry dock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Except for air. Ground dock. <laughs> I'm, it's I'm sure there's like still dry technically. <laughs> I'm sure there's a real term for that, but I don't know it. Yeah, a, a birth. Uh... But it does feel very intimidating, though, walking through all these Ixal because this place has ten or so total Ixal. But I, I wrote that down on my notes as well. As um, you know, you enter the camp; it's not what you would expect walking into a tribe camp because nobody is running, nobody's readying weapons, and um, says we'll notices that we're noticing these things and his tribe they're they're not about that um they don't care about fighting force people or serving quote-unquote greedy goddesses so Sazul inspects our salvage and he finds a particular component within it it's a special stone that can read wind speed and it can only be found in Zilfatol, which is the ixal the tempered ixal encampment so we wonder, why does he care so much about this? He can just go get one from the other Ixal. But no, now he tells us that these ones are outcasts. They are the Ekatl Nine. The Ekatl Nine. And he says, though there are more than nine, uh, I thought it sounded better than the Ekatl 20 or so. <laughs> you are correct. Yes, it does sound better than that. They have one purpose, to fly free with the wind. I'm down. So we get the the rundown here. This group, like Jim was saying, does not truck with this war between Ixal and Gredanians. They are only concerned with flying higher than any other Ixal. And they want us to help because we've been introduced and they cannot trade with other Eorzeans because they will be perceived as being hostile. So he wants us to go to the nearby town of Falgord Float and order supplies from them to use as airship components. Mm-hmm. And for this purpose, we are given the special Excel crafting gloves. Yes, the gloves. Which we can only make Excel airship components with these from now on. Yep. So if you try to craft shit without them, it won't let you. Every time you're like, okay, I got my materials, let's get crafting. It's like, nope, Boop. can't do it. Nope. Put you don't have the on. appropriate equipment equipped. <laughs> so I just changed all of my gear sets to have those on them and it's whatever. For me, because I was leveling up so much, I would use the auto equip function to upgrade my tiers of gear. So that means that the gloves get replaced by the next tier yep. and then it's more then fiddling to, to exactly. Glo- yes, yes. We head over to Falgord Float and talk to the Kikern Junkmonger, who enthusiastically gives us the supplies and sends us to a nearby crafting facility besides the inn. And we talk to the administrator, Hildiard, yeah, who lectures us about this being a communal facility for craftspeople. Aw, nice. And this introduces the mechanic that will be the case all throughout this quest, where you have to craft certain Excel components in certain locations. 
So when you talk to the person who is in charge of that location, they give you a buff for a few minutes that essentially tells you that you're crafting here. Right. Even though you can actually run away and go craft elsewhere, but you have to go to that location to get the crafting buff to be able to craft the respective components. So that's more fiddly crap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. God. Like, sometimes you have to go to Hildyard, and sometimes you have to go to this guy, and sometimes you have to go to this guy, and you're running all over the fucking Twelves wood, crafting a thing here, crafting a thing there, crafting a thing there, and then turning all of that into the Cattle Nine. And when you don't have flight, oh my god. Because you're also, you're running around as a crafter, which means there's no stealth, so you're getting like, boop, 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 by mobs all day long, and like, one hit and your health is down, like, 50% and you're like fuck it's a yeah it's fun yes all valid complaints what I found after I got the rhythm down for these quests I knew where each quest took place so I would go into I would grab all 12 quests for the day and I would check the ones I knew were clumped geographically speaking Mm -hmm. and knock those out and then go craft those things then I move on to the next location Mm -hmm. and do the same thing yeah yeah, you will you will gradually kind of fall into this rhythm because you'll otherwise it will take three times as long. Yeah. But anyway, back to Hildyard. So she notes that our goods are very similar, coincidentally, to the materials requested by. And at this point, a black haired, red eyed Lala rolls up. <laughs> our crafting twin, who is using the exact same materials as us. Hmm. Except this guy tends to jump to conclusions, and he assumes that we stole his shit immediately. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Excuse me, you stole my raw materials because it's not possible that we, who aren't master engineers... Wow, way to assume, bro. However, as a service, he will assess our work and give feedback. Okay, this this little shitfuck. So, challenge accepted. We're going to craft the shit out of this stuff. And we do. Oh, God, he was so ready to roll out with a whole bunch of your your crafting sucks. It's going to fail. People are going to die. And we make him eat crow because our stuff is impeccable. And he demands to know who commissioned us. Like, who's who is asking you to prepare such finely crafted airship components? And he's right. Like, how many people in Eorzea could possibly be working on something like this. This is where you get a little pop-up. You get a choice. Like, you can lie to him and be like, I don't want to tell you. Or say, like, I am working with the Ixal tribe. Um, What do you got to say about that? Either way, he finds out, though, that Ixal are connected to this. I just want to say, I chose to be honest. I chose to tell the truth. Because I'm like, bring it on, bitch. Like, whatever. Come at me. I know you won't. He does, actually. He goes running to the tribe camp, which is... Okay, you have fun with that. Little bitch. So yeah, he's he's. <laughs> when we tell him it's we're working with the Ixal, um, he is like super mad that we're we're basically enabling them in their building of a ship of death. Like this is the inappropriate use of of airships. And he, so off he runs to give them a piece of his mind. And oh. if these were not the Ikatal Nine, he would be dead before we yeah. get there. I mean, the kid has gumption, but he's real stupid. Yep. We get back to the camp first, and this Lala Tataramu is not far behind. And he immediately begins dressing down the chieftain Sazul. And eventually, the chief gets the word in edgewise saying, hey, these are some false assumptions. Why don't you look at these airship plans you're literally stomping on and see what we're making? Yeah. 
you'll just, yeah, look at the, our design. You can see it's not a warship. Once again, Tatoramu has to walk his shit back. He is admiring the drawings. The ship will fly up to 5,000 yams, says Zul says. Yes, high, as in in altitude. What? Oh, right. It's yeah, supposed like, to like it, laterally. It, it, sure. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. This can... <laughs> Which is, is very high. It is unheard of in Eorzean airship tech to go anywhere near that altitude. The ship, though, Tataramu observes, is an airship and dirigible hybrid. So it has components of both conventional airships that we use to fly between city-states and also the Ixel balloons, too. It's a new type of ship that Tataramu never has seen before. Right. It's So it's the, the traditional Ixal dirigibles are, yeah, they're basically hot air balloons. Um, there's some propulsion, but it is very... They are steered because Garuda grants the Ixal a special air stone that can control the direction of wind. Right. So they can summon the wind to push them, but it has no natural propulsion system itself. It exactly. just floats. And it's still depending very much on the whims of quote-unquote goddess oh absolutely uh so we're they're obviously going to take that whole element out of this design and we're going to do it with engineering and cogs and ceruleum and you know but tataramu declares this to be impossible there's no way not even the enterprise can fly that high but says Sizul, the ixal the akatl nine mean to reach the heavens themselves there is a legendary floating continent of ayatlan where it is said in Ixal legend that their ancestors lived. Although most Ixal today are caught up in the cycle of violence and tempering that is spurred by Garuda, this group itself wants only to reach this legend and reconnect with their ancestors and not be involved in violence. Right. In in generations past, it the Ixal had in some way, you know, really angered the elementals and they were thus stripped of their ability to fly. And ever since, it has been their, their dream to gain that power back. And this is this is their way of doing it. And I think that it was the conditions, because they were expelled to Curthus. And I think it was there that they kind of degenerated and lost their feathers. Right. Um, but, you know, after seeing the designs and hearing Sezel talk, Tataramu was like, oh my god, please let me work on this with you. He's obsessed. I mean, this, this kid, as we will find out, is just... So he's blinded by everything except for the pursuit of building airships. Like it is his true fucking passion and purpose in life. And so when he sees something like this, where they're, you know, they're dreaming to build a thing that could break records, he wants to be a part of that. Absolutely. Nothing else matters. Ixal or no. And uh, he begs to be on their team and he does the little Lalafell like prostration, the little kneel that the one that Gigaruju did when he was apologizing and yeah. he like runs up and cannonballs and like lands in a, it's just the cutest. Sezul oh. accepts, but Tataramu must work hard. He will not be spared labor due to his small size. <laughs> Perfect. And then Sezul now turns to us. Jen, will you sprout wings and fly with us? Aw, yeah, totally. Okay, well, we're in. Although the XL lost their flight, the need to fly has not been lost. Like right when I start doing these, um, the dailies, I'm not into like a rhythm yet where I am swapping into a adventurer mode versus crafter. So I literally like started a fight with an Opo Opo as an armorer. Oh no. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> yep, Whoops. I can't fight you. And I died. So 
with that step, we have now actually unlocked the true beast tribe progression and our reputation begins at neutral and we are now turned loose to take things at our own pace. And the way these Excel quests themselves work is that you will need to talk to an Excel, grab the available quests, and then you usually have to change your job to either a fighting type or a gathering type to complete the quest itself. Then you will get materials back, which you need to bring to a facility, turn to a crafter, and craft them with the gloves on. Right. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Which, this makes these quests, I think, the most time-consuming of any of the tribe quests in any content, because they have this multiple-step thing. Yes. And you got to go and grind out your crafts after doing the... Whatever it is. Yeah. The, the fishing, or the fighting, or the gathering. Oh, the gathering, God. And the gathering difficulty will sink down to your level. However, you must be a 41 plus battle class to do the fighting portions of it. Yeah. And like, don't fuck with that. You'll die. Don't be an armorer. <laughs> also that. The last weird thing about the Ixal specifically is that they have this weird quota quest as well. Mm -hmm. This is worth the most rep of any of the Ixal quests. It will give you a Moonstone 2, which is a thing that only matters for a Realm Reborn. So it's useful for glam purposes if you want to trade it in for special gear, but it is not at all mechanically advantageous. But the way the quota quests work, it's almost like the Grand Company turn-ins. There will yeah. now be in your timer section of your logs a, a Coddle 9 delivery whatever thing, and it will give you a list of recipes that you can, or a list of, of items you can make, and everyone is worth a certain point value. But what it works down to is that if you make the, the top point value items three times over and turn them in, you will complete the quota quest. If you really wanted to, you could mix and match some low quota and high quota items, whatever. I always just focus on the top tier items. Yeah, get her done. And then once you turn in these items, you will then complete the quota quest for the day. And then you get your fat rep payout and also your moonstone. 70 rep. Yeah, that's... Nothing to sneeze at. Nope. You gotta do do that one for sure every time. Before we move on to the next reputation step, any quests that jumped out to you in this tier, Jen? I mean, but it's it's more like interacting with the the NPCs. So it's it's not so much like like oh that one quest where we have to gather a bunch of oak branches. Woo! That one was crazy. Like nah. <laughs> <laughs> they they all start to kind of feel very much like one another. The gathering ones are a pain because you do not have at this level the ability unlocked for gatherers that will reveal hidden items at a node. So whenever you go to a node, you have to collect like 15 normal branches or 15 normal rocks. Easy. And then five special hidden rocks. Less easy. So you have to roll the dice whenever you hit a node and hope that it shows you as hidden items. Yes, yes. I mean, you need five big things and 15 small things. Uh, you know, instead of saying, oh, I'll just go to five nodes and, and be done with it. You can go to fucking 10 nodes, depending on whether or not you can see the big thing or not. So you're just like running around all, the, you know, the, the little handful of nodes that they give you to do this with and hoping you see the big thing it's just it's it's engineered to take longer than it should for some fucking reason <clears throat> to make Jin mad yeah it worked last thing to note before we go on to the next tier these quests introduce the tribe quest slash say requirement which many tribe quests have a certain phrase that you will need to use in say chat to talk to an npc or trigger some step mm-hmm and 
the later ones get memified. Great. So mm. look forward to that in the Heaven's Ward quest, for instance. YOLO. No. <laughs> the Ixel have several of these save phrases. At the start, there is with the wind, case sensitive. Both W's are capitalized. It's all case sensitive, which took me a bit. I'm like, why would they, that they matter? Can, they can hear the caps. And there is also high as honor. I was, um, I happened to be doing one of these say quests at the same time as another person, as another PC. And so when you're in the same area doing say shit, you can see what other people are trying to say. And over and over again, they were, you know, all all lower caps because because why would it matter? Uh-huh. Um, and they're just typing it over and over and over and over. And I'm like, God, I'm, oh, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it you out. But I felt them? so bad. Like, they, they'll get it. What the fuck? I'm, I'm not going to, you know, it's fine. Hey, I had I to mean, go through the whole process and figure it out. I suffered, so you have to. Boomer logic. Boomer gin over here. I guess. That was my boomer moment. Yikes. I figured it out. I have, I have faith that they will too, you know. We get our rep leveled up and Sezul now has a new job for us. An engineer by the name of Bozol Eduan was supposed to acquire materials for the ship's engine, but he has not returned yet. So we go out and look for him. We, we do find him, but he's... He is injured. It's not great. And he yells at us to leave because it's still very dangerous there. And uh, it's unfortunately, it's too late. The Ixali chieftain, and this is one of the Garuda thralls, um, approaches with some henchmen. Yeah, um, so we see a group of these brown scaled and brown plumaged Ixali. Yeah, the not pretty up. ones. Yeah. And the leader has a pointed helmet. Yeah, they're, they're much more menacing. Not not the cool, like, swishy rocketeer type thing that Sizzle has. So the two parties exchange a few barbs, you know, like, fuck you, fuck you, do. And the chieftain promises to turn all of Sezel's men into Garuda worshippers. We're going to turn all of you. And uh, so, you know, while they're doing that, Bozel gives us the stuff so we can do something with it. We return to camp and Bozel is there as well. He's getting treated for his broken arm. Sezel's, you know, he's, he's, pissed, he's pissed off. He's mad at the short-sighted, short-sightedness of the other Ixal. They can only see just in front of their nose and to like to fight and to be antagonistic and to, you know, like he doesn't understand how they can live this way. They worship Garuda for nothing. And yeah, we talked about this before. They're windstones that are responsible for the propulsion of their airships. Again, they're beholden to the whims of the wind for direction. So... That's why the Kettle Nine are fabricating an actual propulsion system. They will control the direction and they will not have to shower a useless goddess with gifts to keep them plied with windstones like hallelujah. This is the way. Because Bozo's arm is broken, we have to now take over his crafting duties. So we head over to the tree speak stables and we make the engine component ourselves. High quality. We return and we learn that also... Bozel was their drafter. So they have to now wait for him to heal before they can proceed with the airship. But no, says Tataramu. <gasps> I can do it. It's his moment. So Sezul cautions him. He may come to regret making such a hasty commitment and wonders if Tataramu has the patience for this because he's very excitable, right? <laughs> and Tataramu is like, yes, and I can even make improvements. And Sezel doesn't mince words here. If Tadaramu fucks with their dream, the ship will be festooned with his skin. Okay? All right. And, uh, and he's like, all right, now, now break. Red, uh, red, design us some shit. Sezel ramps up the beaten threats to the next level. <laughs> yeah. 
he peppers them in every once in a while and they're they're kind of jarring when he does it. Even within the Akata line, like, yes, these are all like sympathetic. Um, these are, you know, engineers and artisans and outcasts as far as Ixal go. Um, and some of them are like, Featherless One, yay, you can do this stuff for us. Awesome. Welcome to our team. But there are others who are still like very suspicious and not at all down to have us in camp the way Sezul is. So there's 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 still some you know, variety in levels of xenophobia within the Akadal 9, which I found interesting. Also, what is a nuker? They say featherless nuker. It sounds like a, like a fledgling or something. Could be. Wiktionary says, uh, fucker, someone who fucks. No, what? <laughs> what? What? Oh, I'm going to start just using that every day. Yes. It looks like it is Dutch. Yeah, I'm like, there's no way Yoshi P is like, you know, it would be funny. <laughs> Let's go to Urban Dictionary and find a word. No, not Urban Dictionary. I know, I know, but it, that's, it's a, it sounds like something Urban Dictionary would have put together. Just that's definitely yeah, that's definitely it. It's a Dutch profanity, like featherless piece of shit. Yeah, it's a little little shite. Yeah. Okay, they call us that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so now Tataramu is officially on the crew, and the airship begins to transform. It gets larger here and gains a third balloon. We do more rep quests. Nothing noteworthy for me in this tier. Nah. Next rep up, Tataramu has been hard at work at the airship and he's excited about the new project. This is the thing that he dreamt of when he was studying engineering. However, he needs more components to keep working, the sort that we have to buy. So he asks us to go and procure them from one of his so-called business contacts named Coulson. And Coulson is normally out traveling, so we go to check the Gordania airship landing for his most recent whereabouts. And Tataramu was like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that I have to kind of send you out to do my shopping, essentially, but I, I kind of don't want to go back to the city right now. So if he, doesn't, he doesn't elaborate. So that's, that's it. He's like, I, I can only go back to the city if you could go for me. That would be cool. I'm like, oh, all right, dude. We ask Hida, the attendant at the airship landing... Where's Coulson? And she's like, who are you to be asking about Coulson? And we say, Tataramu is asking. And she flips out. He has been missing all this time. Oh, boy. And we we need to tell Chanstaloup. Chanstaloup, yeah. Chanstaloup at the Quiver's Hold about this immediately as there's been a full on manhunt. Oh, we walked into some shit. Yeah. Oh, man. Also, we're like, oh, no, Tataramu sent us to talk to Coulson. Do you mean... Master Tataramu. Oh, I guess. Yeah. No, I, now everything is just a mess. We head to Quiver's Hold and ask about Chancelou. And the guard tells us that they can't help us because every resource is mobilized looking for Chairman Tatabaru's missing son. Oh, God. Awkward. So Chairman Tatabaru, he owns High Wind Skyways. So all the airship you all the airships you've ever used in the game, that's them. Except the Enterprise. Uh, well, sure, yes. Yeah, uh, Ironworks has their own shit going on, but um they they control like the bent the, the the lanes. Yeah. You know, um the network, um, as well as building airships. We find Colson inside the hold. He's a graying older man, and he takes your letter and immediately concludes that Tataramu has been captured by the Ixal. <clears throat> we try to interject and provide some context. Then Coulson flat out tells us that Tataramu is Tatabaru's son. Big surprise now. 
<laughs> and he is heir to the airship empire. But Coulson is tempted to reject this request flat out because of all the trouble that Tataramu has caused. But he's intrigued. So fine. Yeah. Well, look, he's he's mad because like Tataramu knows like what's going on. And all he can do at this moment is send a note to Coulson like, hey, I need some stuff. Thanks. Like no apology, no explanation, no nothing. Like just what's up, Coulson? I need some stuff. I'm like, the kid doesn't have he has no clue how worried we all are. Or maybe he does. I don't know. I think he does, but doesn't want to deal with that shit. But at the same time, Coulson, like he's got he's got the air, the air engineer kind of blood pumping through his veins. And he's like, so he's working on a secret XL project, huh? What's, uh, what's that about? Hmm. So yeah, Tadarabu knows. He knows how to trigger this guy. He knows to push his fucking buttons. And we get a promissory note. Take it to Hildyard at Falgord Float. Get the parts. Very make expensive. Make the stuff. Very expensive part. A high quality engine jointing component. Yes. We return to the Ixal camp. Tataramu is getting worried that we've been gone so long. Huh. Well, um, <laughs> let us tell you what is going on. And he's just, I mean, like, yes, I'm the heir to Highwind Skyways, blah, blah, blah. I don't want it. I don't want to be a manager. I want to design. I just, I'm not interested in business strategy in crap. It's not about the money. It's about the innovation. And he and Cezol are like... Yeah, man. Yeah, fist bump. Totally. So there is a kinship here between Tataramu and Sezul because it's, both are trying to oh, escape their kin. It's so great. In flight. Yes. Oh, it's it's beautiful, really. The airship grows further, adding the engine assembly. And now we get the Kurthis reputation quests. There, there's two weird ones. The one that I noted was that there is a assignment where you have to go and shave a croc's beard. <laughs> So on the slopes of Kurthis, there are these crocodiles. Feral crocs. Feral crocs. These look just like crocs in Final Fantasy XII, mm-hmm. where they are big, shaggy crocodile guys. But their heads, though, they have this weird skull overlap. Yeah. Where their skull will split open, revealing their actual face beneath it. And their actual eyeballs. Yeah. So yeah, there's their skull on the outside. It looks like they don't have eyes, but it's they're just holes. So that their actual eyes can see through them. And when they attack, then their skull like splits down the center and opens up like like beetle wings. They're horrifying. <laughs> so, of course, yes, we have to take a knife, a very special knife, and cut off some of their hair as a, as a bribe. While they're alive. So you sneak right. up on them you behind. Them. You can just like sneak up. And just use the razor to shave <laughs> them and then and run away. away. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very ethical. And we bring this to a new character who is Templeton, the weirdest fucking piece this, of shit. This guy, he is a character. Well, he hates being in Kurthus. The crocodile fur is because when he goes to goes to pee, the toilet seat is so fucking cold. So he wants to make a nice little fluffy, like, you know, my butt's cold. This is, I, I can't handle this. I need a warm butt. Thank you for assisting me in my pursuit of a warm butt. Like, nope, no problem, guy. So we give him the fur. And then he's like, okay, uh, feel free to use the facilities. We're good. And also, another quest sends us back up the goddamn astronomy tower. I only had to do that one like twice. Really? Yeah. I got it all the damn time. I, I got really lucky on that one. And then, uh, but yeah, you have to go all the way up the fucking thing, get a thing from somebody. It's Josia, I think. Yeah. And she's like, 
that asshole Templeton made you come all the way up here for this? What a dick. I'm like, right? And then we go back and give it to him. He's like, I can't believe you fucking did that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can use the facility. Like, he's such... I've, I found him very entertaining. Like, he just hated being there. And he's doing whatever he possibly can to grease whoever he needs to grease to get the hell out of there and get a nice cushy job in Costa del Sol or something. I just, yeah, Templeton was my favorite. I think he was just great. Yeah. So, yeah. And also the fishing quest. Then the fishing quest. It's, it was <laughs> expectations subverted. Uh, there is a special fish that can only be found in what is essentially a body of water used as the latrines for everybody at Camp Dragonhead. And I'm like, that's disgusting. And you go out, I think it's like the northeast side of Camp Dragonhead. And there's, yeah, there's like a pond there. And there are three like soldiers literally crouched in the water. And there's like a guy, it, it looks like they're doing some kind of training. But now I'm looking at it in a totally different light. I'm like, they're peeing. They're peeing in that water. Those guys have dialogue. And what's happening is that they're being... Trained, yeah, like Navy SEAL type shit. Yeah, yeah. you're to sit in this cold water and deal with it. Yeah, which cold you know, latrine sure, water. Sure, yeah. Um, so when you you fish the fish out of what you think is toilet, and you go bring it to the guy, he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're thinking, but this is seriously like the best kept fishing secret. We all call it the latrine, but it isn't. It's the it's the most amazing fishing spot. And calling it Ludatrine keeps all the riffraff out of here. And I'm like, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> Woo, he had me going there for a second. Oh, God, that's so gross. Um, moving on, then we wrap up some more. And Sezul tells us that we need to make another addition to the airship. The hole is the body, but the engine is its heart. The wings are transferred power by its muscle. So we're, we're going to make this transmission pretty much to get power from the engine to the wings. He is very happy about this ceruleum engine that Tataramu has designed. Mm -hmm. But we don't have anything to shape the transmission parts with. The tools they have are not precise enough. So we need a gear wheel to make a lathe to make the precision parts by any means necessary. Yeah. This is not something you can just go to the store and buy. There are only a handful of artisans across the Orzia that can make this gear wheel. So we have to find one that already exists. And Tataramu's grandfather... He had an old lathe, and he just well, he doesn't know where it is now. Who might know, however? Coulson. Coulson probably knows. I had a hard time finding Coulson here. He is, the quest marker is in the airship landing in Gridania. Mm -hmm. He is on the upper balcony on the outside. On the outside. So I went all the way around there. I went down below, had to try and fight to get past the gate attendant to get by the actual airship landing itself. Yeah. And then, no, I was too low. So I had to go back out, go up top. Yeah. And I found him on the outer balcony, Which but is, it took me a while. You will never go there except for maybe like two two times during the MSQ. Like you you never go there. When you find him, we're like, do you do you have any idea where Tadanora's, this is the grandfather's name, uh, Tadanora's lathe is and Coulson is then suddenly like transported to his past uh, and his, his early memories of working with the young entrepreneur and his revolutionary concept of an intra-Eorzean travel network involving airships that were inspired by the Exali dirigibles. So the facility that housed the lathe, that since has been empty, dismantled, but maybe the employees at the Bobbing Cork would remember because it was it was near Falgord Float where that facility was. So if there was anything left over or salvaged, they might know where it was. Yeah, that's the main inn and tavern in Falgord. 
Yeah, that's the, that's where we have the uh, the uh, the shared crafting facilities. Yep. We talked to Aelun at the counter, and they don't know what we're talking about. But he just went through the back room and threw some junk out in the morning, so maybe it's in there. And we rifle through the junk and find a gear wheel. Mm-hmm. Just now, Tacharamu rolls up, cheering for our discovery. And he goes on to reminisce about his grandfather inspiring him to love air, airships, air travel, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also, the gear wheel has an inscription. For my dear friend, Desul Qualan, on these wings, I pledge our everlasting bond, Tatanora. So, Desul Qualan worked with Tatanora. There was a, a partnership between Man and Ixal. Like, wow, okay, well, this raises a few questions, and... and uh, Ramu dashes back to camp. He gives the gear wheel to Sezul, and Sezul is like, "Oh, this is amazing!" He doesn't he doesn't see the inscription yet. So Tataramu says, "Like, hey, there's a thing. There's an inscription on that gear wheel. Check it out." And he explains to Sezul that Tadanora was his grandfather, and uh, Dezul was the first chief of the Akatul Nine and Sezul's mentor. Like, holy shit! Okay, so Tataramu's granddad and Sezul's mentor were were partners in airship engineering at some point you know there was an exchange of exchange of knowledge and a uh, like the symbiotic relationship in, in building the the new style of airship what Tataramu is thinking about at this moment though is the existence of an old rumor surrounding the early days of the high of high wind skyways that uh, Tadanora's designs were appropriated from the Ixal. it seems that this rumor is actually true Sezul starts laughing <laughs> rude um, he's like, it's clear from the inscription that nothing was stolen. This was shared openly, like, like we're good. So the, I guess the, the spirit of that rumor is false, but the, the law of it is true. So now they realize that just like Sezul's mentor and Tataramu's grandfather teamed up, now their successors are teaming up too. Sezul now starts to tear up about this. But then he flips out, get to work, or he'll shorten Tataramu's tongue on the new lathe. <laughs> no emotions. <laughs> no emotions. Only work. Yes. That's really cute. So the airship gains its transmission, and it gains a pair of wings as well. At this point, we unlock reputation quests that lead into the hostile tribe area in Northern Shroud, which is Proud Creek. Mm-hmm. And it's like a logging camp. It's a clear-cut area. Yeah. Fallen logs everywhere. Dense with Ixal, level 50-ish area. Yep. High 40s. Yep. yep. So it's time to begin work on the final component. We are sent to visit Master Smith Geralt in the nearby village of Hurst Mill. Only he can forge this component. For the unacquainted, Geralt is involved in the relic weapon quests, some of the most powerful weapons available in a given expansion. And he also is infamous for being difficult to work with, being in debt, and... Being drunk. Being drunk. Hurst Mill is a weird side quest only area, like Silver Bazaar and Red Rooster. Mm-hmm. There is no reason to ever go here during the early Gradania quest line, but there are a handful of low-level quests that take place here. Yep. And it's tucked away in the corner of North Shroud, Palisade Wall outside of it. Very kind of pleasant little town. Yeah. Thatched huts, stream running through, water Ooh, wheel. Water wheel. Mm-hmm. And then Geralt's forge area is on the south end. Geralt, a bald, muscular, shirtless Highlander, is hammering away at a plate of metal on an anvil, and he immediately shoos us away. He's like, I I am so hungover, I cannot deal with you right now. Fortunately, <clears throat> his assistant Drake, who is a younger-looking here, steps in to assist us. 
we explain the deal to him and he says, yes, this task is indeed worthy of Geralt's attention, but little motivates him beyond the threat of debt collectors. Mm. However, maybe if we whip up some high quality varnish, the sight of it will spur Geralt to craft. We're making spokes. We're making some killer fucking spokes. Okay, so it, I was going to ask you, it differs based on the profession that you have, which is interesting. Oh, okay, cool. Because I was leveling alchemist. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, well, cute. So this is just like Carpenter with Beaton. When Beaton is feeling down and uninspired, what will inspire him? Some wood. Some real good wood. So let's uh, let's inspire Geralt with some high-level craftsmanship. Um, and then he will be powerless to refuse the temptation. And he is. Oh, yeah. We show it to Geralt. He's impressed. And even with our skill, we had to come to him. Woo! He sees the fire in our eyes and respects <laughs> it. Nice. Fired nice. up about crafting. Woo! Let's go. He's still got to wait, though, for the hangover to wear off. So <laughs> he'll get to it in a few hours, maybe. Right. Yeah, give him some time. Okay. And we head back to the camp. We report back. And Tataramu runs up to us. Since we are successful, there are no other barriers between us and completion. No, the road is clear. Do, 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 do. We just have to wait for Geralt. That's it. All good. Until just then, a sound is heard overhead. <sighs> it's an airship. Yep. A swank-ass black airship with gold components. Yep. And this ship is loaded with a fire team. I, I learned that from from a comment. A fire team of masked sellswords. Um clearly hired to infiltrate the camp and quote-unquote rescue Master Tataramu from these savage birdmen. Uh, Tataramu, he's super annoyed. Yeah, they they touch down like, and they go you? full SWAT team on the camp. They don't actually attack the XL, thankfully, but they do threaten them with weapons. Right. They're just they're just hanging out. They're like, what is this? So the cell swords look a little ridiculous, you know. Tataramu, he's like, just leave me alone. Let me do this stuff. But this time, his dad is there and a stern looking woman which i assumed was his mother at first honestly no no it's not it's his, it's his personal assistant this is a dark-haired hero woman the forever nameless personal assistant to tatabaru so tatabaru is there and he is disappointed this is the workshop that's caused so much fuss there are no proper tools or materials it barely qualifies as a dumping ground for the skywind highways refuse wow and if little man wants to tinker on airships, he can arrange for one at the Highwind Skyways hangar. No, dad, this isn't an idle pursuit. And Cecil retorts, Cecil's mad. So he's like throwing out all sorts of insults at Tatabaru. Like, you know, let's, let's, you want to go? And he's like, shoves, <laughs> there's no way I'm going to be able to say this because of the, the way the Yoda speak. Shoves Ceruleum hose up chairman's backside, Cecil would. If already their broomstick wasn't. So good. What an amazing insult. Just like he takes like yo mama and escalates it. Really good. So then there's some tit for tat from Tatabaru. Finally, Narkin Chief, the assistant, reminds Tatabaru that he, he has, has some appointment. So he's like, all right, I'm done. You guys grab grab my son and let's go. Tataramu, at, before they do that, he's like, Dad, you lied to me this whole time. You stole Ixal technology. Like, this, is, this isn't this is fair. This isn't cool. It's because of the Ixal that they have this technology at all. And um, his dad is like, ah, how dare you say such things? My son will not talk to me that way. You know, grab my son. We're taking him home. If he fights, use a little force. I'm, I'm okay with that. 
as he's being let off, he casts a longing look at the airship. Oh, God, this poor kid. And Sezul is pissed. Just, oh, he's like, he's ranting and raving. He threatens torture and death to anyone who harms Tataramu. And I mean, like, they're, but they're helpless here. All they can do is watch him walk away. We are now grounded. We cannot finish without Tataramu. So we're just going to keep on working and hope for the best. The mood in the camp is now dreary because they need Tataramu to fly. Sezul asks us to try whatever we can do to extract Tataramu from his gilded prison. Yeah, and he feels helpless and he hates feeling hopeless and helpless. If we can parlay with Highwind Skyways in hopes that they'll allow Tataramu to to finish what he started, to pursue his dreams. So we head back to New Gridania to like look for his people. And we find uh, Tatabaru's private clerk, this bitch, in the at the airship landing. And she doesn't really want to talk to us. But she like, you know, we're asking after Tataramu. And she's like, you, okay, please, you need to elaborate on your relationship with Master Tataramu, okay? Um, before I give you any information on where he might be. Unfortunately, though, she recognizes us as being like, you know, the person from the camp. And she's like, oh, there's no way. There's no way I'm telling you anything. Ah, shoot. Look at that. I'm late for the board. I'm late to board the chairman's airship to a very important meeting at the observatorium in Curthis. Would be a shame if someone crashed the meeting. <laughs> Fortunately, the meeting. we do not have to climb the tower this time. No. The meeting is in House Durandare's headquarters on the ground level. Easy peasy. And we find... Tatabaro here and his assistant hard at work at these negotiations. She's like, God damn it. How did you find us? Uh, also, by the way, yeah. Tataramu is under heavy guard, so don't bother looking for him. Just get lost. <clears throat> nah, we gotta, we're going to go find him. <laughs> now that we've heard that he's here, we go searching throughout the entire area, which is a bit of a challenge. The quest marker will tell you that he is on the second level of the campsite. Yeah, so he's not low. He's not high. He's somewhere in the middle. So he's like second floor somewhere. And there's not a lot of that. We find him in the northwestmost building on the second level in the back room past a pair of guards who are fucking around at a table. He's just sitting there at a bed, but he does not want to kill the guards on the way out. Yeah. He's like, oh, you think that I was going to be, quote unquote, learning business strategy? No, I'm I'm locked in this room. That's that's the business strategy I'm learning. This sucks. So for a nonviolent escape, he recommends that we go and talk to our good friend Templeton. Oh, yeah. This shady guy. He'll know. He'll know how to deal with and this. And he just happens to have a sleeping potion for some reason. Templeton does. Oh, if, oh, if anyone were to accidentally just leave a bottle near someone who's drinking a lot of wine, they they might accidentally drink it. Who is he fooling here? Like, no one is listening to him. Whatever. Just, you know, that's this is Templeton being Templeton. Yeah, pretty much. So we get the potion from Templeton, we head back, and we slip the bottle amongst all the bottles on the drunk guard's table. Um, they, they drink it up and crash. <laughs> and we and Tataramu make a break for it, but are intercepted by Coulson. <gasps> dun, 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 dun. Where the fuck do you think you're going? Just, I mean, bro reconsider what it is that you're doing okay like you were born in a privilege this is your birthright there are responsibilities okay and like this defiance against your dad against the company against me like I, i'm not going to stand for it tataram was like nah uh fuck that i'm not a prince okay i am the spoiled kid of a corporate chairman 
you know, his father's refusal to acknowledge that his success was built on the backs of the Ixal without a shred of recognition or gratitude is more than he can bear. Profits, bah. Prestige, bah. Who gives a shit about those things? The real dream is to take to the skies, to stoke the flames of one's dreams and find themselves among the stars. And Coulson is like, whoa, dude. Yes. Yes. You know, this is like a slow clap moment. And he relents. He's like, clearly your desires run deep, just like your grandfather's. And I'll take the heat for your escape. Fucking go before I change my mind. So we return to the Ixal camp and Sezul plays it cool. <laughs> he stands in stoic silence for a moment. Tachirama runs up. He's like, Sezul, I'm back. I'm back. And Sezul says fucking nothing. And I'm like, oh, is he mad? My goggles are only fogging up because of the humidity. This took some prodding. Like he stood there stock yeah. still. And Tachirama was like, uh, Sezul, I'm I'm back. Hello. And then, and then just he just suddenly just jump it it's it startled me and he's like my goggles are fucking up because of stuff not because i'm crying it's really Stop cute locking. really cute but just then a band of brown scaled ixels show up atop a nearby rock they have found the camp this unsanctioned balloon is an affront to garuda oh no they will return in force and burn it down my god <sighs> great so we have to hustle we have to finish the airship before they return Yep. Now, the quests begin sending us to the Ixal encampment in Kurthis, Natalan. This is a crude, harsh campsite, Ixal campsite, perched on the very edge of a cliff in Kurthis, full of high-level Ixal and wolves, and it's nasty. Mm-hmm. The new phrase for the tier, by the way, is amid the flowers. The new oh. slash say phrase. I never got that one. Lucky you. I guess. Actually, that was fine. That, that quest was fine. So finally, we have wrapped up some more. And the fateful day arrives. We are given one last batch of components to take to Falgord Float for crafting. It is called a finishing component. Mm, very big. Yes. So we make the thing, bring it back to the Ixal camp, and a scout reports that the Ixal and Natalan have begun to prepare war balloons with airstones. They are planning to destroy the airship with these balloons. Ah, and Sezul grants and raves about them again. He's Thick-skulled zealots, they completely lost their souls in pursuit of mindless goddess worship. We're not just going to sit back and wait for them to rain hellfire upon us. He's going to send us, the warrior crafter, to Natalan to meet up with um, Tuzal. Tuzal is undercover in Natalan, which is hilarious because his plumage is entirely different, but whatever. I think he is spying, not like, hello, fellow Infiltrating? Tepert. Interesting. I, I feel I, like he's definitely infiltrated. He's on the very cliffside, out of sight. All right, different different strokes for different folks. So we meet up with him to figure out like how are we gonna keep these airships from like leaving? We gotta stop them right now. So Tuzal the unseen, which is which is I think is great. He's hiding. Um, not... Fair, fair, fair. Okay. Anyway, um, their balloons have been filled. Uh, there's only one step remaining before they can take flight, and but it it is a critical step. This is the charging of their um their windstones. So they have a an array. Um, Actually, well, two arrays. Yeah, it's so these... called a vortex turret. It's an egg-shaped shell that wraps around a green air elemental crystal mounted on a brass platform. And these are the devices that charge the windstones so they can then direct the flight of the Excel balloons. 
However, if we insert some corrupted elemental shards into this thing, it will nullify the charged aether and ruin the charging process. Yep, they won't be able... Yeah, no power, no propulsion. Boom, done. So we're skulking around like... And we got to find these secondary vortex arrays to disable them before we can go after the primary. Uh-huh. So this is like, you know, Obi-Wan and the Death Star running around decommissioning the uh, like the tractor beams. We do that. We fight some guys in the process. And then we have to take down the primary vortex turret, which is the same thing, but bigger. We we do so in return to Tuzal. This took a while for me because, again, no flight. So I couldn't just drop in, do the thing, fly away, drop in. You got to Gulk and sneak. This and is the OG method. I'm, I'm glad, Jen, because this is how the yes, yes. pioneers of A Realm Reborn had to do it. <laughs> so anyway. It's a rock. Tuzal says we are successful, but something feels amiss. So he's going to stay here while we go and re- report back. And he recommends that we meet up with Tataramu in the observatorium in Kurthis so we can keep an eye both on Kurthis and North Shroud from that tower. Yes. So for the final time, we climb that massive tower. Okay, so this is funny because I you do this on your chocobo, right? Because it's faster. But every time I enter a building on a chocobo, I think of that scene in A Knight's Tale, you know, with Heath Ledger and and Shannon Sossaman. And so, so Will is like on a horse. He's in town and he's desperately trying to flirt with Jocelyn. And, you know, this the, the lady who holds his heart. So he's desperately trying to talk to her. And this whole time he's sitting on this horse and she's walking. And eventually he realizes he has like walked. He He's ridden into a cathedral. And the a man of the cloth in there yells at him. You desecrate the house of God. And everybody stops to like turn and look at this this infidel on a horse in the middle of a cathedral, and that's what I that's how I feel. I see. Yeah. Anyway, except for it's a tower. It's not a house of God. We desecrate the house of science. House of Helene. No, house of science. This is the observatorium. Jen, don't be hereticking <laughs> in Curthis. We learned about that last time yeah so well luckily they let the chocobo thing slide so we get to the top and tataramu is already there but we get bad news from tataramu there was one vortex turret that was concealed that we did not destroy so there is one functioning balloon that is has taken flight and that is still enough to destroy the um the airship one's all they need yep so we hurry to the roof of the observatorium to survey the damage. And we look out and, and see, indeed, in the distance, there is one balloon that is flying towards the Ixal crafters camp. Uh, and our allies lack any air defense whatsoever. We get a scene briefly of the Ixal atop the balloon cackling madly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but wait, we're not of, alone up here. <laughs> out of nowhere, another airship appears. This is the black and gold vessel, the personal vessel of Tatabaru. Yeah, this thing screams out of nowhere and just hurtles towards the Ixali airship. It is named the Blackjack. The Blackjack! I'd recognize my father's ship anywhere. Well, obviously, it's got it's the blinged up. It's it's <laughs> murdered out, and so on the on the deck of the Blackjack, Tatabaru is like he's got his game face on. He's like, "Well, we're going after this shit." And he says that uh, that boy's whims will be the death of me. But he says it with a wry smile on his face. Like he's, this is great. This is exhilarating. Like, I'm, oh, let's go. 
So the Blackjack then rams the Ixal ship, sending it crashing down in flames. Yep. And this is this is an amazing moment. And Tataramu is just stoked. But the clerk, this fucking clerk, as she's crouched on this airship that has just rammed another airship in the in in midair. She's like, but you have you have appointments. Uh, the can he's you know, Tataramu was like, cancel them. She's like, no, the appointments. Um, and he's like, even OK, look, even if we did die, Highwind Skyways has a more than capable successor. And uh, let's go meet up with him now. And so he Morse codes his son from the from the ship with the lantern. With the lantern, yes. Yes. And Tatarami was like, you know, he could have just called me on a link pearl, but of course he would choose to do it the hard way. I found it's it's really cute. You can see like the, the light blinking in the distance, mm-hmm. and Tatarami is slowly like reading out the message. Meet me at Ixal Camp. Don't be late. We return. And the blackjack lands and the crew rolls up onto the airship dock in the camp. No cell swords this time. Tatabaru confesses that Coulson got through to him. He thought he was too old for one of Coulson's famous lectures, but it seems that he was wrong. Then Tatabaru waxes poetic. Though the Ixel have lost their wings, it may be that Skywind Highways have forgotten how to fly. Mm. Spread your wings and soar was the slogan coined by the founder, Tatanora. Sezul starts to laugh. His mentor, Dezul Kualan, had the same saying. Yeah, it's like, that was my mentor's favorite saying, too. Well, Natataran was like, well, isn't that great? Not only are we stealing tech, we're stealing their philosophy. <laughs> but before things get too emotional, Sezul cuts it off. It's time to fly, not to have feelings. It's time to fly. Let's go. Let's launch this bird. But wait, there's more. Tataramu has one final, final, for real this time, final thing to craft. It's a figurehead for the craft. And I'm like, okay, this is fine. And he wants to get Sezul's blessing before we, we make it and attach it to the ship. And Sezul, of course, is like, this is this is very meaningful. Absolutely go for it. This is an ancient Ixel charm to ward the balloon against the capricious nature of the sky. Mm-hmm. And the whole gang watches as the airship is prepared for its first flight. The Ixel make their pre-flight checks, and Sezul gives the clear for takeoff. Tataramu is the sole pilot of the ship. It takes flight, lifting off above the tree line of North Shroud. <gasps> it works! Until suddenly, a vortex forms out of nowhere, buffeting the airship. Yes. And what has happened... Uh, it is a very rare phenomenon called the witch's shroud. There is when there's an imbalance of an ethereal imbalance above the canopy, it can cause some really severe um, wind disruptions. So, of course, at this moment, that's when this thing happens and it catches the Desilqualon and starts to buffet it and it's it's shaking and, it, and it's not able to ascend any farther. And in fact, it's getting pulled back down to the ground. Everybody on the ground is watching this and they all know what it is. Uh, Tataramu, he is like, he's leaning in. He's like, fly, damn you, fly. I made you better than this. And everybody else on the ground is like, fly. It's like, it's a moment. They chant in unison, fly. 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 And I think maybe the charm has, there's there's a little uh, little magic going on there, maybe. All of a sudden, boom, the Desilqualon breaks free and heads off towards the sun. And all you can hear is the wind rustling in the trees and the birds chirping in the forest and everybody's watching in awe as the ship flies away. Our link pearls chime. It's the scout Tuzel Tulton 
who has sighted the airship over Kurthis and is estimating its altitude at 5,000 yalms. <gasps> they did it! They did it! Tuzel over the Link Pearl says, Soar like a bird, it does. Soar like bird. It made me cry, like... Like the dream, the dream of generations of Ixal being achieved in that moment and, you know, watching this thing soar like a bird when they themselves can't as birdmen. Like, what a what an amazing moment. Later on, Tataramu returns with the airship and we have set a new aeronautic record. However, it must still fly higher to reach the legendary Ayatlan, but Tataramu is not deterred. He is ready to push further. By the way, though, he asks, how did we, our characters, get wrapped up in all this? Oh. oh yeah. <laughs> About that. Yeah. <laughs> it had been so long. I was like, oh, shit. No, we're here for totally different reasons. So we, were, we were here to, like, call We go you back to the Adder's Nest in Gredania. By the way, we dealt with that Ixel problem. Yeah. We're, it's all good. all good. I'm like, where the hell have you been? <laughs> She forgot about us too. Yeah, she's like, oh, right. Um, right, you were out there doing it. Okay, well. I was distracted because the Skywind Highway's chairman's son has been missing and it's been yeah, a whole to do. Like, mm, no, oh. that, that's that's solved too. Got yeah. it covered. We're, we're all fine here now, so welcome back. Good job again. <laughs> and with that, we are sworn with the Ixal, and that's the end of their story for now. <clears throat> there is something special that will happen when we have all five of the Realm Reborn tribe quests done. But that'll be a ways off. Yeah, it will. So, Jen, I know this was painful for you and you were grumpy at all the to-dos, but do you think, despite all the hassle, this was worth it? Yes, totally. Absolutely. This is my favorite A Realm Reborn tribe quest. I can see why. Uh, yeah, the final moments that really pay off. And also, they went all out on the actual scene itself, too. This is no canned gesture back and forth with text dialogue. This yeah. whole scene is so exciting and so action-packed. Yeah, like you are like you feel it. Like, this is a movie, like straight up. Ugh, it was, it was so good. But my God, uh... And it, it wouldn't have been so bad. I mean, it still would have taken for fucking ever. Um, but we had set kind of like a like a tighter timeline to do this. So it was like you really you 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 gotta get in there every day and do this. Apparently the you know, the the other tribe quests aren't as fiddly no, as this one. There is no other crafting in a realm reborn. There's no more go fight a guy and go talk to a guy and then say the thing and then craft a thing. High quality times four. Right. Other ones will just be going out and doing shit or killing things and returning. Yeah, which like is great. So it 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 makes that whole the 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 whole narrative arc. It's a little. It's a lot tighter. So like I I could imagine like you know if you were doing this casually in game, just kind of here and there, grabbing a couple of dailies, whatever, you would probably just kind of lose touch with the whole like the the story yeah. at large. Which is a bummer because it's really good. In the story, though, time does pass. Like it is structured around the format because it is not back to back action. Right. And unlike in the main story, where there are moments where um, I think we're talking about this during the little Alamigo storyline, like where you turn a quest in and then time passes in the fiction. Right. Even though the new quest pops up immediately. immediately. Right now, real time must pass between these quest steps. Yeah. So it does feel in a way like it's taking place over a time period. Sure. In real life and also in the game, too. Which I like. 
but you know, there's a limit. Okay. Understood. Everything in moderation. But again, this this is the most time consuming of the tribe quests. The other ones will be easier. And we are not going to do the Sylph or the Sahagin quest lines until after we have flight because those areas are painful to navigate. <sighs> a lark's call in particular. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we're, we're not going to pioneer that one. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> But yeah, the, the story is fantastic. Like th- this, this gets me emotional too. Yeah, just because there's so much payoff, and you you have worked for this and been with these people for a long time yes. before it's done. Yeah, you're really invested in and them. Even though the blackjack is Deus Ex Machina, like whatever, it, it's so exciting. The scene is so great. I don't. Yes. it it pays for itself. Yes, yeah. just like watching that. It, like literally, just the, the speed. It's just like boom, and it's it's so like yeah. Ugh. Any other comments, Jen? No. Okay, great. <laughs> well, next time we are back to the main story at last. We are playing through the Howling Eye. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Whew, that was a big one. Um, thank you guys so, so much for listening and being there. And if you want to get in touch, here are some ways you can do that. Podreturnffxiv at gmail.com or on Twitter at podreturn. And with that, we really hope you enjoyed the episode and have a good day or night. And we will see you next time.